Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. As you know, we have been continuing our sermon series on Christian character. Right, last week we talked about humility and this morning we are going to talk about the fourth pillar of Christian character called love. Right? Can I see a smile in your face when I say love? Yesterday someone was telling me, oh love, that is easy, you know, I can love anybody. I have plenty of love. Let's see that this morning, how much love we have. Right, so we are going to talk about pillar number four, love. So love is one of the Christian characters that we have identified to spend some time with this morning as we take us into this sermon session. So before that, we'll do a quick overview of what we did last week. So last week, if you remember, we talked about pillar number three called humility. Humility. So before we started this topic, we you know, shared a couple of things. Just want to you know, quickly go over them. So I said the, the kind of series that we are doing right now, they're called sound doctrine. They're called sound doctrine. They are not milk. In fact, they are solid food. They are meat. Right? So they are not emotionally uplifting. When I you know, share these sermons, I don't think you, there is a point you will be able to clap for my sermon. I don't think you do that. Right? And I don't expect also. Because it's, it's, it's not that easy. But they are not emotionally uplifting, but they are life-changing. If you allow these sermons to speak to you, allow this word to work in your lives, they are going to be life-changing. We also talked about, if you remember popcorn Christians, you will see suddenly they're coming up and then jumping and clapping and up and down and everything, you know, then, then they're gone. The way popcorn is cooked, right? And it'll all jump for some time. You know, that's the reason they have to put the popcorn in the enclosure before you put that in the microwave. But then once we take it out, it's all done. So we also talked about mushroom Christians. When there is a rain, the next day morning you can see mushrooms everywhere. So they are called mushroom Christians. God has given a blessing and we'll go to church. Or we need a blessing, we'll go to church. We'll go to church this morning because we, I'm going to write exam next week. I'm going for an interview next week. You know, we go to church. And when everything is done, okay, we want to take rest. Mushroom Christians. Right, so, but what we are doing right now is the sound doctrine, sound teachings, meat, a solid food. So we also talked about humility. Humility is nothing but depending on God and respecting other people. What is humility? Depending on God and respecting other people. You know, there are two ways to listen to these sermons. One is, you can hear my words, keep coming, keep coming, pounding on your ears, and then just leave them. Nothing will go inside. There is another way to listen to the sermon. When, when you receive something, try to think about it. Try to digest it. Try to take this in. If you do that, at the end of the service, you know what the sermon is all about. If you don't do that, at the end of the service, somebody comes and asks you, what is the service? What is the sermon today? I don't know. You need to ask Melvin because he takes notes. Right? So how many, have take no how many of you take notes here? Can I see your hands? Nobody? Only Melvin? Okay, maybe the rest of you know everything. Right? That's my assumption. Right? So we want to depend on God and we also need to respect others. That's what his humility means. 
Now we gave a very good example from the word of God. Best example for humility, who was that? Lord Jesus Christ himself. Who else can be an example, model for humility? Lord Jesus Christ, from the manger till the cross, you know, he modeled humility in his life. And we read a beautiful scripture from Philippians 2 verses 5 through 11. So Paul is writing saying that let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. And he said who Jesus being in the form of God. He did not consider that as a robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation and he took the form of a bond servant and he came down to this world in the form of likeness of man and being found in an appearance like a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's what scripture says. Jesus was walking in humility every time than when he ministered. And we talked about his example. And we also spent a few minutes trying to understand the ways we can humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? There are many things that we spoke about. Regularly we need to confess with God. That will bring us humility. And we need to you know, acknowledge our sins over others. And we need to just reconcile with people. And we need to take wrong patiently. Something is going on wrong. We should be accepting those things patiently. We need to submit to God's authority. You know, graciously we need to receive corrections, feedback, and many things we talked about. You know, all these are available in YouTube for you to listen to. And finally, we spoke a parable. Parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And Pharisee was a man who was filled with pride. He was totally puffed up with pride. And there was a humble man called tax collector. And Pharisee was making two mistakes, if you remember. Pharisee was comparing himself with others. And that was a mistake. And mistake number two, he, he was self-righteous. He keeps telling about what he did, what he does. So God hates both of them. God doesn't like us to be compared with somebody else because God has made us unique. Unique. There's no comparison at all. We can't find another Balan. We cannot find another Debbie. We cannot find another Joy. We cannot find. We are not going to find anybody like that. We are mm, unique. We are unique. But the tax collector, he humbled himself. He acknowledged that he is a sinful man. And he came into the presence of God, totally humbling himself. And this morning, we are going to talk about number four pillar. Pillar number four, humility, sorry, love. And we talked about humility last week and pillar number four is love. Can I say, can you say love? Loudly, love? Okay, so before we get into the topic, we are just going to make our convictions, okay? So we're going to go through, go through all these 10 lines that we see here and bring that conviction within our heart that we are going to learn, we are, going to, we are ready to learn. Shall we read that together? The Bible is the inspired word of God and the final authority in my life. My purpose in life 
is to love God and to order my life around his priorities. My body is the temple of God and I must not defile it. My church correctly teaches me the foundational truths of the Bible. My children are gifts from God and I develop godly character in them. My action must never weaken the scriptural conviction of others. My marriage is a lifelong commitment to God and to my spouse. My money is given by God to manage faithfully and wisely. I don't own it. My words must be in harmony with God's word. I am accountable. My affections should be set on things above, not on things of the earth. You know, the, with this conviction, we are going to study the word of God this morning. Pillar number four, love. Let's try to define love as we used to do. Right? So there are four types of love. The ancient Greeks, they talk about, there are many types of love, but then these four we want to take. Number one, love is called agape love. So agape love is an unconditional love. Scripture says, even when we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. For a good man, someone may lay his life down, but for a sinner like you and me, who is going to lay his life down? But Jesus did. That is the agape love. Agape love. The love of the Father, the love of Son Jesus on our lives. God the Father sent his only Son, begotten Son, to this world. Agape love. Unconditional love. You know, when you love God unconditionally, we have that agape love within us. The second law is called Philostorgos. Philostorgos, that means the law that we have among our family members. Any of you love your family here? Anybody? Can I see your hands? Okay, all of you, good. <laughs> so you love your family, right? So what kind of law you have? Philostorgos love, when you love your family members. There is another love, third love, which, which is called philia. Philia love is the love for others. Or we can say it's a love among brethren. You know, the term Philadelphia, it came from that, that this love, philia. Brotherly love. City of brotherly love. That's the third love. And the fourth love is called Eros. Eros is a very passionate love. It's a romantic love. It's a sexual love. So there are four types of love. Agape love, Philostorgos love, and Philia love, and Eros. There are four different types of love. Each one is different and it has its own characteristics. This morning we are talking about love in general. So probably we need to, you know, this definition alone may not be enough. So we need to just try to define it a little more easily. So let's look at the way world today defines love. Right? All of us may be familiar with that. So the love of this world, how worldly people, they look at love. So they say a deeper, a tender feeling of affection towards another person is what is love. It's a very deep, very tender, very deep affection that we have for someone. Any of you have that love? Yes? Good. You need to have that love. If you don't have that love, then there is something wrong. 
right so we have a deep love very tender love very affectionate love for that special individual right so that's that's how world looks at the love they also say it's a very internal in, internal emotion that we go through within us we have a very deep emotional attachment to that somebody you know sometimes we have love not only over people sometimes we even we love pets we love places you know i'm very i'm very good in that i feel like you know the the, the house is because my my dad was in in the tea estates of kerala and every year or a few years you know often we transfer to another estate so you know i really miss the house so there are times i go to the same estate and i go there and sit in the same house where we used to live sit there for some time and go around and look at the places and i i think i'm i've cried at times because i don't want to miss that house now there are pet animals they do that cat especially right they they, they don't like people but they like the place right so these kind of love they know that's a world looks at love it's a very emotional thing emotional attachment that we have for somebody or maybe some person at times you know love is also looked at as someone who makes you feel better someone who helps you to feel good that means they love you you know when you are depressed when you are troubled somebody is next to you they make you feel good you know these are the way world looks at love so mainly there are three things the world looks at one is feelings love is associated with our feelings love is associated with our emotions and attractions can you repeat that with me love is feelings emotion and attraction it's very you know very very intense very internal very intrinsic emotionally very attached and we get attracted to things places people and animals and whatever and we get attached and we feel like showing our affection and love and it's it's we feel it when we do that you know that's the worldly view or definition of love now we are going to look at god's definition for love it's totally different god's definition for love is totally different and as we know it's defined in first corinthians chapter 13 this is how god's love is defined can you read can we read this together love is patient you know we if we said the world view of love love is emotional love is feeling and something else we said love is attraction but god defines love in a different way how god defines love he says love is patient how come love is patient i thought love is just going and hugging somebody i thought love is just going and kissing someone i thought love is going putting my hands around them and saying that come on just, just cheer up but god says love is patient love is kind love is not envy love does not envy it does not boast it is not proud totally against the way world defines love it does not dishonor others it is not self seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs when somebody would have done some mistake and every time you look at them all the good things are gone right only that mistake comes that's what people say you know if you take a white paper and put a small black dot in it and show it to them what do you see what do they say i see a black dot 
The 99% of the paper is white, but nobody sees that white, but they see that black dot. So, but love says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Love doesn't, you know, just give up. You know, sometimes we are good and in, in, in everybody is there standing together. You know, we are very good in you know, putting our spouse down. Right? Love does not do that. Love protects. Love always trusts. Even though people may go wrong, but love still trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Continue to get that. You know, this is the way, this is the definition that God is giving to love. So love is not feeling. Love is not emotion. But love is not attraction. Not just really liking somebody. But what is love? This is what God says. Putting all this together in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. But love is about how you behave and treat others. Can you read that with me? Love is about how you behave and treat others others whoever it may be it may be god it may be your family or it may be your spouse it may be someone else so love is about can you read that again say that again love is about how you behave how we act and how we treat others you know that's what is biblical love that's what is god's definition for our love let's go further we're going to talk about there are three different reasons why we should study about this. Why this is important. Number one reason why we should know about love. Number one reason in order to build unity among the believers. The major problem of the church today. It's not that sinners are coming into church. Major problem of church today. It's not that they don't have enough money to run the church. The major problem of the church today is not having unity among believers not having unity among believers now groupism is formed in the churches you know that's how enemy works and as the church is growing there are groups you know when, when i talk about this your mind is just going everywhere right there are groups forming in the churches so what need to be taught to those people, those believers? I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about those believers. Right? So those believers, what we need to teach them? We need to teach them about? What? Love. We need to teach them about love. So that's what we are doing this morning here. So number one reason why we need to know love is to build harmony to build unity among believers because we gave a definition god's definition how we treat how we respect each other number two reason why we need to study about love number two reason to keep friendships to keep our marriage and our families together now the reason why marriages break because they don't have love you know when there is no love in the family there is no reason why we need to live together. When we don't have, when we spouses are not able to love each other, there is no reason why God had to put them together. Now they can as well go separate. Love is the most important element among families. Marriages need to be protected. We need to continue to work on our marriage, otherwise it will break. So we need to know what is love. Number three. We need to show a very good example of our God, our Savior to others. 
So what are those? Number one, in order to build unity among believers, repeat that with me. Number two, to keep friendship and to marriage and to keep the marriage and the families together. Number three, to show a good example, accurate example of Lord Jesus Christ to the non-Christians, to the world. So it is a very important topic that we are studying this morning. Let's take it further. How do we understand love as an important characteristic? Why give we give so much importance to love? Why they, that love came into the one of the eight pillars of Christian characters? Just want to read, not my words. Want to read from what Ravi Zacharias said. Ravi Zacharias is one of the international evangelists and an apologist. So I just want to read his words. His words, what he said. Listen to this as we get them in the screen. According to Ravi Zacharias, this is what he says. For living together in harmony, when a church has to be together, a family has to be together. You know, for living together in harmony, listen to this. Moses gave to his people, how many laws? 630 laws. Why the laws were given to Moses? So that children of Israel, they will be together. They will follow God. They will just become God's children. And David reduced the 630 laws to 15 laws. Only 15 laws. And Isaiah reduced them further to 11 laws. And Micah, a prophet, he reduced that to 3 laws. What are those? Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. From 630 to 15 and to 11 and to 3. Now Jesus was asked a question. Which is the yeah, greatest commandment. That was the question that was asked. To find fault in him. And what Jesus did. Jesus said the first and the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second commandment is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he said in these two commandments, all the prophets and all the Old Testament laws, they hang in these two. From 630 to 15 to 11 to 3 to 2. And what are those two? Love God and love your neighbor. You know, that's the reason love is becoming one of the most important Christian characteristics. How do we express our love to others? We're going to you know, go through it quickly. Love is, as we define, love is expressed in the way of our act and the way we treat others. You know, emotional issues, emotional Emotional and you know, personal and all the deep you know, things which are going on within us, they are all part of it. But love is mostly, how do we treat ourselves? How do we treat others? How do we relate to God? You know, that's, that's what is all about love. So now, now we are going to talk about different situations where we express our love. Number one, love towards God. We are expected to love God. Love towards self. Word of God is expecting us to love ourselves. Number three, Love towards family, love towards other, others, and love towards the lost. Right? So five. Can you repeat this after me? Number one, love towards God, love towards self, love towards family, love towards others, love towards the lost. Right? So we're going to take this further quickly. Let's talk about love towards God. You know, sometimes we don't feel like loving God, to be honest. I don't know about you. You don't really feel like loving God at all. Do you feel that? Or it's only me? 
Do you feel that? Yes? No? Or you can say that no, I'm every moment, every time, every second I'm in love with God. You may be. But there are times in your life you don't feel like loving God. Or you may say that my love fluctuates to God. At times I feel like loving God, but at times I don't really feel like loving God. Some of you may say that I have lost from the first love. I have fallen. I have forsaken my first love. The day when you came to know Lord Jesus Christ. That's called the first love. You know, do we have that love today? You know, sometimes that love is gone. Love is kind of slowed down a bit. At times we don't feel like loving God. At times we are even angry at God. We are mad at God. We are not willing to forgive God. Do you know that you need to forgive God? We need to forgive God too. If we don't forgive God, we cannot love Him. You know, there are times there we have questions in our lives. And I'm talking something practical. It, It happens to you, it happens to me. There are certain things that doesn't happen. It won't happen. It has not happened. And you have, you have been the bottommost part of your heart. You have a little bit of bitterness against God saying that God, why? Why such things are not happening in my life? And that prevents us from loving God. We cannot love God the way we want. And that's the most important thing. In, in Christianity, that's the most important characteristics of a Christian. If we don't have love on God, anything that we do here is a waste. For what reason we are here? For what reason we are coming to church on Sunday? What reason we are called Christians if we don't have love on our God? You know, that's the most important, crucial thing. And Bible gives a very good model how God the Father loved Son Jesus. And how Son Jesus loved His Father. You know, that's a model for you, for us, for our family. And scripture says in 1 John 4, 8, we need to know God to love him. Let me read the scripture. He who does not love does not know God. You know, today we are not able to love God because we don't know who our God is. And scripture says, for God is love. God himself is love. God himself is love. And we need to know our God to love our God. And as we spoke about the commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, first commandment, the great commandment, you shall love the Lord your God and all your, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What is this? What is this called? First commandment. What is a commandment? It is a law. It is written law. And what are we expected to do that? To do? To obey there is no reason there is no excuse we are expected to obey to this commandment the way moses was expecting people of god to obey the moses way saying that you do not should not shall not murder no they are expected to obey that commandment the same way the commandment of god says you need to love your god if we do not love your god we disobey the commandment of god when we disobey the commandment of god it's sinful It is sin not to love God. So there is no excuse for us not to love God. We are expected to love God. Number one Christian, number four Christian characteristics, love. 
we show our love to god and god expects our love and we are expected to give our love to god we have different ways of loving our god maybe a time of prayer maybe by singing a song you have your own way of loving god but love god it is a commandment it is not an option it is not a counsel no it is a commandment of god number two love towards self love towards self you know this is missing among the believers this is missing among the believers at times they become too much godly they become too much supernatural they forget to love their own they forget to love themselves how many times we keep hearing believers children of god saying that i hate myself i hate myself why did god create me i'm angry at me have you come across that saying to yourself saying that i'm angry at me i didn't expect myself to behave in that way but i have behaved in that way i'm angry at me and i feel like withdrawing from the crowd i don't want to just put myself in front of people because i just want to get away from i don't like myself i hate myself because of such an incident took place in my life in the past may it be an abuse may it be something that happened in our life from that point onwards whenever we think about that past thing in our lives we get so discouraged and we say i hate myself why god me god put me in that situation why god exposed my life to someone why i'm going through such a such a miserable condition today in my life i hate myself self rejection considering ourselves so low low self esteem self hatedness at times we are ashamed about ourselves for what has happened in our lives we go and stand in front of the mirror and we don't want to look at our face and say why it's so ugly i don't like this face i hate i hate low low towards self is diminishing you know scripture says how god made us just want to read one scripture psalm 139 14 david says i will praise you lord i will praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well you know if you consider yourself so low if you feel that you are not good for anything if you feel that people don't like you people hate you if you feel that you know you don't have any reason you know why 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 we need to just deal with people at all why don't we isolate myself i'll just withdraw from people and you know put me in an enclosure there are people they do it for months together years together but god says the man of god says look at yourself in the mirror and see how fearfully how wonderfully we are made as i said we are unique we are precious in the sight of god man looks at outside but god looks at inside we are precious our color doesn't matter our appearance really doesn't really matter you know what kind of dress we wear it doesn't really matter what are all hanging on our lives it doesn't really matter what matters is our inside is our inside because our outwardly 
the beginning of genesis god says god created man in the image of god in the image of god we are so precious and scripture says if you read the scriptures there are times that we need to forgive ourselves we need to forgive ourselves we need to oh, sorry lord i thought i am so low but no i am unique there is a purpose in my life and there is a beautiful life that i have ahead of me and god wants you to come out of it and you need to take a step and you need to get out of it otherwise you are gone your life will be messed up and it's very important to love yourself because what you do not have you cannot give away if you don't love yourself you cannot love somebody no we need to love yourself the time you take care to take care of yourself the time you stand in front of the mirror to take care of you the time you spend in in the you know to take care of your body dressing everything is important you need to love yourself you cannot love yourself if you don't love yourself you cannot love somebody have you come across people they are going through in a terrible time in their lives you know they may be going through financially totally down and they cannot help somebody because they think about their own situation those who are going through sickness they think about their own situation they cannot come out and help somebody you know if you don't experience that we cannot give it out so we talked about loving ourselves number 3 love towards family <clears throat> there are times i feel my love is superficial my love is fake my love is artificial i say that i love my parents but i think it's a responsibility but other than that i don't have any affection i say i love my children but i think i have a responsibility as a father as a mother but i don't have any affection towards them i say i love my love my spouse but you know what i happen to be in that situation today I'm expected to love but I to the bottom of my heart I don't have any love. My love is superficial. I don't really love her because I'm not able to forgive her. The words that she spoke. I'm deeply hurt in my heart. I'm not able to forgive her. I'm not able to forgive him because he spoke such a word. He thought I am such a person. I can't understand. I can't even take it. misunderstanding the busyness of our life communication issues you know all this put together our love towards the family members is going down there is no doubt it's going down and this morning god is telling you loving your family member is a christian character you are expected to love your family ephesians let's read some scriptures here ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 husbands love your wife just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so let's hear this from the husbands can can we hear a word from the husbands this morning husbands love love whose wife <laughs> that's a good answer you didn't say your wife and i'll be in trouble so husbands love <laughs> love <laughs> say something love my wife right husbands love love come on husbands can you look at your wife and say that husbands love my wife I want every one of you to look at your wife you know if you don't have your wife next to you close your eyes don't look at others <laughs> husbands love your love your wife we are good at loving others 
wives. If others' wives say something, we are just there at their service. If your wife says something, no, 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 I bought the yesterday. It cannot get over today. It should be there. Look for it. I am in trouble. Okay, husbands, love your wives. And Titus, you know, Paul writes to Titus, and he says in Titus 2, 4, admonish them, teach them, encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. You know, love is expected in a family setup for some reason. We are not able to love our spouses from the bottom of our heart. This morning, God wants us to set that right. As long as we carry that seed in our hearts, we lose the blessing of God. We lose the blessing of God. Whatever he would have shown to you, he would not have been faithful to you at all in the marriage relationship. God expects you to love him in spite of it. Because you are in the covenant relationship with your husband. There is nothing can break that. You cannot break that. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Bearing with one another. He's talking about the family set up. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must forgive. Forgiveness is very, very important. If, for example, if Joy would not have forgiven me, you know, a week would not have run the 23 years of marriage. No, not at all. If I would not have forgiven her, by God's grace, we would not have run the 23 years in marriage. No, not at all possible. We need to forgive each other. We need to forgive those things each other. We cannot allow that seed to remain in our hearts. God wants us to forgive because God forgives our sins and he doesn't remember it anymore. That's what scripture says. You and I need to forgive. Let's talk about love towards others. You know, sometimes even we come across people, we feel that I don't feel like loving that person. I can be friendly with everybody, but not that individual. I can love everybody, but not her. Because she spoke like this. Because she told about me to somebody like this. We come across individuals in our lives that we hate. We hate, really, we hate. And at times, you know, we don't want to deal with them anymore. We just keep away. And sometimes we say that I don't think they expect my love. I don't think they, know, they really even care about me. But it, it, it's not their problem, it's our problem. Sometimes we say that no, 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 I don't want to cross the line. If he doesn't speak to me, I won't. Do we do that? I do that. If he doesn't speak to me, I'm not going to speak to him. If she doesn't speak to me, I'm not going to speak to her. Love towards others. You know, loving others is the only way to show God's love. We are talking about Christian character. Matthew 22, 39 says... We are coming to the second commandment Jesus spoke. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You may park your car in front of your neighbor's driveway. Still, are you able to love your neighbor? She may scream at you. Are you able to love your neighbor? Question. First John 
3.14 says, it's a beautiful scripture. Listen to this, 1 John 3.14. We know that we have passed from death to life, spiritual death to spiritual life. Because we love the brethren. We love people around us. We love everybody. And by doing it, we cross the spiritual death and we came into spiritual life. Listen to this second part of it. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He who does not love his brother, brother talks about brother and all others, abides in death. You know, scripture is very simple. It says, if you do not love others, scripture says, your spiritual life is dead already. You may clap hands, you may speak in tongues, you may make some noise, but your spiritual life is already dead because you are not able to love your brethren. This morning I believe God is talking about the Christian character of loving others. Finally, let's talk a little bit about love the last, loving the last. And when you think about the last people, people do not have Christ in their lives. You know, sometimes we don't even realize that we have a responsibility towards them. And this morning, God of God is talking about that we need to love them too. You know, sometimes we say that I don't have the burden within my heart. Pastor, you tell me to go and you know, talk to them, but I don't have the burden within my heart. I don't really care for them. We don't feel the love for those who do not have Christ. And sometimes we say that, no, 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 I'm struggling within myself. I'll take care of myself first. And then I will think about loving somebody, those who do not have Christ. I'm having problem. I'm not able to love myself. I'm not able to love my God. I'm not able to love my spouse. I'm not able to love my children. How can you expect me to go and love somebody who do not have Christ? This is a practical question of the believers. And word of God says that we are expected to love the lost. Let's read Luke chapter 19 verse 10. I, I know it's very, very tough, tough preaching. It's not easy to accept. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Let, let's listen to the scripture. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus came to seek those which were lost. You know, the heart of God is after those which are lost people. People, they do not have Christ. Heart of God is towards them. Another scripture, Matthew 9, 13. For I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call the sinners. The reason why Jesus came to this world, it's not really to you know, take care of us. Reason why Jesus came to this world is to seek the lost, to call the sinners. So from these scriptures, we can understand the heart of God, the mind of God. The mind of God is for the lost. Remember the parable? One shepherd had 100 sheep. He had all the 99 with him. One was lost. And the shepherd left all the 99. He did not even care whether animal will come or something will happen to these 99. He went behind that one sheep which was lost. You know, that's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. How do we express our love to somebody who is not having Christ in their lives? We need to have the mind of God. We need to have the heart of God. How do you get that? You know, by these teachings, God is speaking to each and every one of us this morning. And it's not easy. God is going to bring all of us on judgment. That's what scripture says. I want to close reading these scriptures. The judgment day is near. 
And God is going to make each one of us accountable for loving or not loving the lost. Can you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25? Matthew chapter 25. We will read the scripture and finish. Matthew chapter 29, sorry, 25. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When you have that page with you, can you say amen? Okay, Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Jesus will say to those who are on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer to him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Verse 40, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. They were appreciated. They were rewarded. Eternal heaven. Verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand. Depart from me you cursed. Into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Reason being. Verse 42. For I was hungry. I was hungry. The people those who are outside. They don't have Christ in their lives. They are hungry for the truth. I was hungry and you gave me no food. You did not come to me and tell, share the love of Jesus Christ. I was hungry for truth, but you did not do that. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. The same thirst Samaritan woman had in her life. Jesus gave her drink. Jesus gave her the spirit of God, the living water. There are people outside. Without Christ, they're hungry. Without the word, they're hungry. Without water, without the Holy Spirit, they are thirsty. I was a stranger. They are not able to relate to us. They feel that they are sinners. They feel that they are strangers. Then they can no way come to a church. They can no way come to a holy place. That's what they think. They feel that they are strangers. And you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. I'm not saved. I don't, have a, I, I don't have a robe of salvation over me. I'm naked, but you never spoke to me about salvation. And you did not clothe me. Sick. I'm spiritually totally sick. I cannot do anything. I cannot come out. All that I see is darkness around me. 
And in prison and you do not visit me. I am bound by all the evil things. I am bound by all the evil thoughts. I am bound by all the evil activities around me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer to them saying, I surely say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. We are talking about our love towards the lost. Children of God, the times that we have lived for ourselves, that's enough. Can we stop praying for our own blessings? Can you start, start praying for the lost souls? Can we stop praying for Lord's blessing on our own life? Can you start praying three people, two people in your life to whom we need to show the love of God? This morning before we close, we are going to do one thing. Before we close, every one of us. There are areas in our lives we are not happy with God. We are going to reconcile in those areas. We are going to say sorry to Lord. Lord, I am not able to love you. Because I have not received that in my life yet. I am really angry with you, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me. If you want, you can just close your eyes. As, you, as I take you, as I lead, through, lead you through. There are areas we are not happy with our life that we have today. Can you just say sorry to Lord? Can you say sorry to Him? Lord, I have that bitterness within my heart. Why it has not happened to me? Why it has happened to someone else? This morning, I realized that no matter what I have, it is a commandment of God that I need to love you. I am called to love you. This morning, I want to set those things right with you, Lord. Just pray to Him. Just pray to Him. At times we are not able to love ourselves. We hate ourselves. We think ourselves so low. We consider ourselves ugly. We don't like us. This morning God is asking you to say sorry to Him, Lord. It's a precious life that you have given to me. I am still alive. I am so precious. I'm so important in my family. I'm so important to my spouse. I am in need of by my children. My children are blessed today because I'm around still. My spouse is blessed today. She's able to walk. She's able to laugh. He's able to go to work. He's able to do all these things because I'm around today. I'm so important. I'm so important, Lord. I'm sorry that I, Lord, I start myself so low at times. I know that, Lord, you are not happy about it. This morning I feel sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Just tell God. Love towards family. The same way God expects a pure love. Same way God expects a pure love from you. Your husband expects a totally pure love from you. He has no clue that you are not loving him from the bottom of your heart. The same way your wife expects 100% pure love.
from you she never thought that you are not loving her she never thought you are disappointing her you are fake you are phony in front of your wife you are not truthful but this morning god is telling you you need to build your christian character love being the most important one ask grace to god to love her from the bottom of your heart if not today when you go home not only asking sorry to god you need to ask sorry to him or to her and tell him or her sorry forgive me forgive me forgive me i will forget the word that you spoke i will forget i don't remember i will not remember that word you the what you did to me i feel sorry love towards others want you to think about your family members your distant relatives with someone you are not spoken yet with somebody you are not dealing with at all you don't like them you hate them you think that you cannot get along with them anymore want you to think think about three of those such people in your life and i'm sorry to god and once we are out call them and talk to them and meet them and say hello to them love them they need your love you know when you do that god will honor you when you obey to this god will lift you up god will bless you you will see the blessing of god loud towards the last you are going to stand in before the judgment throne ask god for grace and tell lord god i need grace lord to love those who do not have christ i thought they are sinners i thought i can i cannot be in touch with them anymore i thought they will defile my holiness that's what i thought but this morning you are going to judge me lord not telling your love not sharing with you not to go and meet them put our hands around them and love them lord this morning it is important i realize that oh god right now in whatever areas that we need to settle our things right with the god this morning if we do that that will be a blessing some of our prayers are not answered because what we spoke just now is hindering our blessings and this morning as god speaks to you set those things right in your life and you will see the blessing of god walking on your way coming on your doorstep when we set those things right with god and with right with people this morning god is speaking to you it is a work of the holy spirit in your life this morning god has brought you to this place for a time such as this that you need to hear these words and wherever you are hearing and you will be continue to hear these words because you need these scriptures in your life and this morning god is strengthening you Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place this morning. We are still learning, Lord. I am still learning, O oh God. We are still students, Lord. We are still, Lord God, Lord children, O oh God, in your presence, O oh God. Learning your scriptures. I thank you for this another opportunity to learn the scriptures together this morning. I pray that you would give us grace, Lord. You would give us grace to love you. you would give us grace to love ourselves lord you would give us grace to love our family you would give us grace to love others and you would also give us grace to love those who are lost father this morning let these words continue to motivate our lives oh god speak to us speak to us we surrender we give you glory continue to work in our lives until christ the character of christ 
is seen in us. We surrender. Send us with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.